Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today we're visiting with Kendall Kendrick of Primal Balance and the Born Primal Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, Kendall. Oh, thanks for having me, Amy. I'm so excited that we finally get to chat after following all your travel adventures for the last year. Oh my God, I love it. Your pictures just delight me so much since I hardly ever leave home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living vicariously through you. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, hopefully you're making a list and I totally know that we connected over some some beautiful places like the Outer Banks Mm. and all the Oh, yeah. My happy place. My happy place. Yes. You and I, like, we are kind of like in the same sphere. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of similar stuff going on. And and I really want to know, like, what's happening for you right now? Like, what are you working on? What's what's going on? (laughs) Well, you know, first and foremost, I have to say that uh, being a mom and I have four daughters. So really, that's that's what the bulk of my life revolves around, especially the fact that one of them is uh, nearly 15 and. I'm kind of in that place that I guess moms get to when you start thinking about your (laughs) child leaving the nest, your first baby bird flying away, and how much of my life really started um, because of her 15 years ago. Um, And I have 12-year-old twin girls, so or they'll be 12 very soon, and uh, one of them is uh, has Asperger's, and Mm -hmm. so a big part of my life is about helping her through nutrition and lifestyle be Mm -hmm. able to deal with, um, I guess, the uh, discrepancies that she deals with in life that, you know, kids with autism face. And she's so incredibly high functioning, but we certainly have those little things that are a challenge for her every single day that other kids don't don't face like she does. And so uh, my nutritional background has just been unbelievable uh, in helping her succeed in life. And she really is succeeding. She's an incredible kid. Uh, and then my, my baby is almost eight years old and she's a competitive gymnast in like a huge way. Uh, and that's not me. That's all her. <laughs> I have to give her the credit for that. She was born with these back muscles that you have. I think you should be a gymnast if you have those back <laughs> muscles. Uh, and so, and so a lot of my life is, has just really become, um, about, putting them first and and wanting them to succeed to be the whole people that I know that they're capable of and just letting them have the um, the path to do that, uh, being mm-hmm. able to support them and guide them, but not be their director. Uh, right. So, which oh, really, and that's a hard balance. It's really hard for me. And my life as their mother is, it's translated into the work that I do at Primal Balance. It's, uh, I'm able to share how I learned to overcome perfectionism as a parent. Um, I actually have a shirt that I wear called Recovering Perfectionist. And every time I wear it, people are like, yes, yes, yeah, me. I know. I need that shirt too. (laughs) I think we all are, honestly. I'm not special in that. I mean, we all are recovering perfectionists. We have grown up in a world that has taught us to push, push, push and be perfect. And that's how we're validated. And that's how we're loved. And I had to learn the really, really hard way that that is not who I wanted to be anymore. Um, So I'm really focused on carrying the message of stress management. I think that's the most important way that we can overcome our perfectionism is making sure that we're not stress addicts. I think that uh, stress addiction is so prevalent. We live in a world where busy is a status symbol. Totally. And who wants to live like that? I mean, I did it for so long. And I, I feel like even to this day, because of the precedent that I set amongst people years ago, like even other moms at the PTO or whatever, you know, I was so putting in everybody's face how busy I was because I wanted to be validated and uh, right. I wanted people to like me. And I thought that if they, if they thought I was busy, then they thought I was powerful. And that made me important because if you just really old childhood wounds of not being important and, um, right. And, and being bullied and all of those things. And so uh, people still to this day are like, oh, are you really busy? And I'm like, nah, not really. You know, and whether I am or not, it doesn't matter. It's just not what I want to put out there. I take a lot of time for myself. People are always like, well, I don't know how you do it with four kids and your businesses. And I'm like, well, I like TV. I like fires in my backyard. <laughs> like, I definitely... <laughs> 
uh, I am just not one to go a long time without self-care anymore. And well, you just can't. You just mm-mm. cannot. And I think, you know, I totally agree with everything you're saying because I do think so many people prioritize other things ahead of the, ahead of self-care yeah. and ahead of themselves, um, especially moms, because, you know, it's like you've got these other people depending on you, you know, and it's really easy to say, okay, you know, I can get through this. My needs don't matter right now. Even if it's like subconscious, like, I don't know that a lot of people are going, okay, I don't matter. It's just like, look, shit has to get done. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, it's going to get done, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And then mom is the one eating the cold food and folding laundry at 2am and, you know, and it's like, that's just not, mm -mm. I, I tell you, I have a messy house and I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, my house there is, is, it's not a priority to me to try to look a certain way for people. You know, I'm like, as long as we're not like living in dirt and filth, (laughs) I'm okay with it. I'm like, if, you know, I, if my clothes basically go from the dryer to being in a laundry basket and wearing them out of that for the week until they go back to the washing machine, like I've had to just be okay with that. And I grew up in a culture where Everything had to be clean and it had to be sparkling because we have to make sure everybody knows that we have it together. And I can't live like that. I can't give everybody that lives with me what they need and deserve from me if that's the priority that I'm setting. And I also don't want to raise these girls to think that that's what they have to do. I they mean, have to you know, do. I like yeah. organization. I'm not saying like we really, we don't have a house that's like gross. We have a beautiful space that we live in. We're very fortunate uh, to have what we have and we have first world problems for sure. So, right. but what I'm saying is that I am just not ever trying to sing to the tune of what everybody else is doing. I no longer have a desire to keep up with anybody else. Um, and I live in a lot of gratitude. That's been a huge change for me. I think that's a big part of stress management. If you are stuck in your drama and your trauma and all of your stress and you can't find gratitude for every single thing that you do have, then you're going to let your stress manage you. And um, Mm -hmm. I I face a lot of those drama and traumatic things in in our life, in my life, that are generally brought on by other people. And I can't control those people. So what I do is... Only our response. Only our response to what's going on. Like, yeah, that's huge because... Yep. Like you said, so many of us are overcoming like those childhood wounds mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, especially our generation, we grew up in sort of the gold star society, right? Like, Ooh, you know, yes. you-, <laughs> you just took me back to third grade. <laughs> right, right. You got to like right. work for your grades and your gold stars <laughs> and like, you know, you need to be the star student and the this and that. And it's like. Oh, gracious. There's just so much more to life than all of that. It's so much more of a full experience. You know, that's really linear. It's not really spreading out like horizontally, like it's not the fullness roundness of our experience. So I think overcoming, you know, that and I had that as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've told the story on the podcast before about you know, I grew up in Dallas and, and I grew up very, you know, in, in a nice neighborhood. And it was like, as I came into, um, you know, being a wife and kind of setting up my own home and, and being like kind of a, a woman of the community, it was like, I felt like there were these expectations of what things needed to look like and be like. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was presenting, you know, that facade of I have it all together. I'm the hostess with the mostest, you know, it was like, <laughs> come to the house and, you know, like I remember having these parties and it was like having all these different mm-hmm. you know canape plates that matched the decor of the party and it's like <laughs> I remember having a martini party and it was I mean this is such another life but it was like okay instead of plastic martini glasses because this is only one party like we're gonna buy real martini glasses and then store them and then you know so it leads not only to this like perfectionism and facade and whatever but it it leads to clutter. It leads to Mm -hmm. overwhelm. It leads to all of that, you know, and it was like such an unveiling for me, like going through the process of shedding that belief and then shedding all the stuff. Right. You know, obviously right now we're on our real food road trip. So we're in 400 square feet. So we've really like, (laughs) that's (laughs) a huge difference. 
Yeah. And we're, you know, we're the Pinterest culture now. And um, it's like we have to, I always say that social media is the highlights reel, you know, and it may not even be true what we're seeing on there. And as much as I love social media, I love that it allows me to grow a business online, that I don't have to leave my house every day. Like I get to be this, you know, kind of work from home mom. But it's also, and I get to stay in touch with people like you. I get to meet all these people all over the world that I otherwise would never know and have in my life. And the truth is, as much as I kind of hate to admit this, that the people who have the most influence on my life don't live anywhere near me. Yeah, the oh, people me too. who I enjoy. Well, obviously with you, right? Well, right like now. you're not even in one place. <laughs> but like for me, it's the people that I'm I'm I mean, I do believe in community in a huge huge way, but I sometimes really struggle. Um I have tr- I tr- I'm a I'm very much an extrovert and I try to create community like a lot. So when I first was pregnant 15 years ago um, and I was coming from the unhealthiest situation. Like I was a radio DJ. I was a local celebrity. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. I was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. So I didn't drink or do drugs, but I was very much trading unhealthy addictions. I ate fast food three times a day. I mean, that is if I even ate. I just lived off of the convenience machine inside of our radio studio um, because I would go to work really early. And generally, my breakfast was a Snickers bar, you know, and I drank copious amounts of Coke, uh, Coca-Cola. <laughs> the other stuff was my previous life before that. Um, and I, you know, so I, I had this, uh, I got into radio at 17. So I just had this really stressful insane life that most people don't have as a 17 to 21 year old um and and it's it looked all beautiful from from the outside it looked really fun and exciting and and it was just a really dirty dark place of my life that I went through and 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 thank goodness I went through it because it made me who I was but I learned so much so I was not prepared at all to become a mother it was a big surprise um I would have loved to have been healthier before I got pregnant and certainly um, hope that the, the fallout of, of my beautiful girl, uh, you know, the decisions that I was making back then don't negatively affect her and who she's become mm-hmm. because of, of genetics. But uh, I <clears throat> realized early on I wanted to I had this connection somehow with a primal part of us because my grandmother had these National Geographics when I grew up going to her house in Miami, you know, several times a year. I would just peruse the National Geographics. I was obsessed with them. I was obsessed with tribal women. Like, it was the coolest thing to me ever. And I would watch all those shows on, you know, the Discovery Channel. And mm-hmm. you know, anytime they would, like, take cameras into these hunter-gatherer tribes in third world countries, I would just be it's so, amazing. so giddy and excited. But, um, Anyway, I knew that I wanted to have a home birth because I would watch it on the baby story when I was in radio. I had this, oh I had God, this I really baby right. Story. I had this really <laughs> weird. Um, like at sixteen, my fertility was kicked in. I, mean, I definitely, if I'd lived in a tribal society, you know, I would have had like ten babies by the time I was eighteen mm-hmm. for sure. I, <laughs> that was I it was crazy, and so. When I uh, when I was even like still single and I was working this morning show and I'd come home in the afternoon and I would take a nap. I lived alone. And that would be like my thing that I watched before I took my nap would be the baby story. And I would just obsess. And I remember that my favorite episodes were the home birth ones, the water birth ones. They were like so peaceful and so different. So because of the learning channel, I had this connection (laughs) and all of those National Geographic's that I wanted to have a home birth and I wanted to breastfeed. And when I found myself pregnant with my daughter at 23 years old, 23, 24, um, I connected with a group of attachment parents, attachment mothers in, in the city that I was living in. And they, you know, they guided me and gave me all the support and helped me find my midwife and all that. But I love, I mean, there's so many great communities like that. I always recommend like the yeah. holistic moms network or some of those to like right. connect with those people. It, it there's is. great community and support there. There is, but there can also be a dark side to it. And I'll true, tell you true. what it is. That's when I became a perfectionist. That's when I truly decided I all had to be this way. All natural or nothing. Absolutely. I set myself up for an all or nothing. You know, I made choices about my children's health that were really scary because I was afraid to fail. I didn't know what to do. Um, And I don't mean I had I had beautiful home births with all of my children and it was really great. But I decided to have twins at home. And that was a very complicated situation because I felt like I had to. I felt like. 
um, to be the best attachment parent or I could be. Like, it would make me important if I had twins at home. And I'll tell you, my twins were born almost um, seven hours apart. It oh, was, wow. It was, you know, one, I mean, there I have. That's totally different situation. Right, it is. And yeah. I had like, and they were born at 39 weeks and they were really healthy and everything turned wow. out okay. But, um, you know, I realized I could have done it a lot easier, I guess. And there could have been just as many complications in the hospital. We'll never right, know. We never know. I'm just yeah. glad that, you know, 12 years later, I have these these great girls. And so it's not that I regret any of my decisions. I regret how I made them. I regret that yeah. so many of my parenting choices for many years were made out of perfectionism and wanting to be mm-hmm. important in a community that overall wasn't probably even necessarily the community for me. Um, and so I you live and you learn. And I have written a lot about sort of attachment parenting. And while I do feel like for me personally, there is that great need to connect in a primal way and raise my kids with some of that. Um, I just do not judge anybody else for whatever decisions that they make um, about, you know, that stuff. But where that road that led well, me everybody to... has to have their own path. Right. Absolutely. And everybody like... has their own path. And it's like, you know, for you, like when perfectionism came out, it came out in that, in that way, in that community, like that was almost a way for that to get expressed. It wasn't like necessarily like, Oh, because of the community, like here came the perfection. Right. I just want to make sure that I want to make sure that other people understand that. Like you can be in any community and you, Mm -hmm. as long as you're doing it from an appropriate place because you're whole and you're not trying to be validated by that community, then you can have a really excellent experience in whatever community you choose. But for me, it led to a dark place of Mm -hmm. stress became so bad of keeping up and doing all the stuff that my fifth child uh, or my fifth pregnancy or fourth, I don't know, I have twin. It's weird. I'm always trying to keep up with which pregnancy. (laughs) It's very confusing. So I've been pregnant like three times, but had four kids. So I had a two for one. (laughs) Right. Basically, I got pregnant um, when my youngest daughter was two and I was remarried. I'd gone through a very stressful divorce when I was 30 years old. And I met like the man of my dreams and just my best friend, my love. And we had a daughter together. So that was my fourth daughter. And two years later, became pregnant again. Uh, and I miscarried um, at 11 weeks. And it, it went very bad, very, very quick. Um, and I found out that the reason that I miscarried was stress. I developed this rash that is caused by stress. And the rash causes miscarriages. So, oh I mean, it's like to literally have that answer to know that I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. because I was so stressed out. I was so angry. I had so much hate inside of me. I mean, I was so resentful and control was my drug. You know, like I said in the beginning, I have a recovering past and I just traded addictions. Control and stress were my drugs. And I almost died. I ended up in the hospital. I was neglected in the hospital for three hours and um, nearly bled to death. And so at the very end, I was trying to stay conscious. My husband was holding our little two-year-old daughter and I looked up to him and I said, I have to go. And everything went black. Um, and so when I came, it was so scary. And, um, when I came to, I was in a room about to go into, uh, they were giving me a transfusion. My, uh, they couldn't, I could hear that they couldn't find my blood pressure. Like there, there were these, there's these, these foggy moments that I could overhear things, but I could hear, like I knew my life was slipping away fast. And so, Anyway, I lived, you know, spoiler alert, I lived. And so it became, (laughs) right, thank goodness. And so it became about learning, going, okay, I was given this second chance. What am I going to do with it? Like who, what is wrong with me? Why am I living out my childhood trauma over and over again to this point that it just nearly killed me? Um, And so it's been the last six years of my life that I have truly been focused on becoming whole. I did a lot of different things and I did learn that stress management was the key and um, letting go of the perfectionism, like just being willing to be who I am, being willing to be who I am as a mom. And it has completely changed my relationship with my daughters. It has made Mm -hmm. uh, in a way I couldn't even be present for them. I pretended like I was this amazing, perfect mom, but the truth was I wasn't really, I gave them all the basics they needed. Um, but I was not 
like I wasn't the mom who could get on the floor and play. I wasn't the mom that really, really connected with her kids. I was so far disconnected from them in an emotional way. Physically, they were getting everything they needed from me. And now I can absolutely say that, that that's, you know, that's not true anymore. And I really Because it's a totally, yeah, different you that's showing up because then, you know, before you weren't, you weren't in your body. You weren't a whole you, right. you know, you weren't expressing fully yourself. So how no. could you yeah. give to someone else? We talked before about the, the lack of self-care and how, you know, <laughs> you can't yeah. pour from an empty cup, right? You, you yeah. have to fill yourself up first. But it was like, you know, if you couldn't fully express as you and be, you know, authentic yeah. in that and and accept that, exactly. then how were you to show up for them? And I think yeah. what an amazing awakening, right. you know, I'm sorry, I had to come through such a stressful yeah. thing. But for most of us that are hard head and driven, and yeah. I know we're a lot alike in that. <laughs> Very it type A, take, yes. yeah, yeah, it does take like kind of a big load of bricks, right, to wake us up. We don't respond to the pebble. No. So we, yeah, you have to like shift that and have that awakening. So it's mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? Like, why am I living this way? And why do I want to continue to? Because so many people walk through life unconsciously. So many people go through, you know, they're in that fog, they're in that veil, like they just are living out the issues. They're very unconscious to their patterns and all of this. So to be able to like, kind of observe, go into that observer mindset of like, what's going on here? Like, what's going on with my life? And why am I reacting this way? And I don't really want to be reacting that way. I don't really want to show up in the world like this. That's a huge shift in and of itself. That's already on the path to recovering. That's all already Absolutely. on the path of transformation. Yeah. And I and I think like, you know, just kind of going back to community, there's still a balance um, in trying to figure out how that looks, especially as like a mom, because there is a lot of perfectionism in so many communities and it feels like yes. people are really trying to compete. But then there's now this whole sarcastic side. Um, that I'm really turned off by, like all these moms who are so anti-perfectionism, but they're doing it in like this spiteful way where, yeah. um, and I don't like that either because I just really believe in empathy. I believe in meeting people where they are and just knowing that everybody is doing the very best that they can. Um, and so, and I, and I guess I have to even recognize that with the sarcasm that's going on, especially this community of people that put this stuff out online that are like, you know, moms who say, you know, I drink because of my children. Um, and because I'm a recovering alcoholic, that's, yeah, that's especially yeah. triggering. Yeah. yeah. And especially yeah. because I did, I couldn't handle the stress of my life and it had nothing to do with my children. It was all me and my problems. Right. And I did drink to numb that out. And so it is especially triggering and I don't like it because there's so many mothers in alcoholism who lose their children. And, and even when they get sober and they do all the right things, they still really struggle to have their children back. And so it makes me angry that there are women who are just taking that for granted. And, you know, if those women aren't careful, they may lose their children too because of this, right. you know, insidious disease of alcoholism. They're just being flippant, They're flippant about it. They, they right. haven't been there. They don't really get no. it. Or that's their way so. of, ex- you know, and like that's their yeah. way of expressing that they don't feel good enough either. Like I think yeah. the whole thing is as a culture, of mothers okay and women like let's just say women in general mothers or not as a culture of women you know the feminist movement brought us so much but the one really negative thing it brought us is the fact that it told us we could do everything and that is just not appropriate we cannot do everything men are never expected to do what we do they're not expected to do uh, just to be all these things like we have to deal with our body image we have to deal with our our sexism like all these things we have to deal with um you know choosing to have kids or not have kids and there's a lot of judgment about that like there's time either way either way yeah and And i always say yeah it's it's not it's not that we can't do it all. It's like, or it's not that we can't do anything we want. It's right. that we can't do it all at the same time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's a, and there's that, a and season and a the, time. So why do we yeah. want, like right now, what I, you know, I've been the, the workaholic and right now that's not who I want to be. I want to put my kids first because now I see how quickly they're growing, that they're going to be leaving me. And I want to savor every single moment of that. And if I miss out on having the career that I hope to have, um, well then too bad. Like, I don't yeah, care, you yeah. know, that's not my priority. And so it's just, well, I think it yeah. goes back to the scarcity mindset. Like I think yes. so many people think like, okay, I have to have it all and I have to have it all right now. And I have to have it, you know, all together while looking fabulous. Like it's like everything <laughs> all at once. Oh, right. Yeah. And so it's 
like, um, it's like, okay, but you can have all that. It's just not at the same time. And so that, like you said, there is a season, there is a time. So maybe, you know, when you're really focusing on momming, you yeah. know, that's not the time. I like that momming. <laughs> it's a verb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you're doing that, it's not really the time to yeah. the high powered career. Right. And, yeah. you know, host all the dinner parties and, you know, get your best body ever. You know, right. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. I used to love lifting weights. And then I had a couple of surgeries last year that knocked me down and I have not gotten back into the gym in that way. And not because like I can't or I don't want to. It's just that being kind of knocked down in that way really helped me refocus my priorities. It's the same thing with the with the near-death experience six years ago. I refocused my priorities and, and I learned, you know, over the years what I wanted to be first. And so for me, you know, if I need to work, then I need to do that during that time while my kids are uh, not home and I'm not needing to uh, momming, as you said, I guess to be mommy. Um, the other thing, there is a there is a lot of pressure for us, and there is a culture online that is all about hustling. Um, yeah. And I, I related oh, I to the that. I related to the Fitspiration because that stuff is just gross. And so Fitspo. the hustling thing, Fitspo hashtag hashtag picture isn't even real. Um, and it, so it, for it, the it, hustling, it. it's the same thing. It's like, oh well, you know, I heard I heard this you know motivational person in a talk talk about you know, well if you're still working a real job but you want what you want, like 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. is a great time to hustle. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. is a great, a great time, to, time sleep. to sleep. Like that's like. So maybe for me, I have not had the online presence or monetary success in the ancestral health world, the real food community, because I refuse to lose sleep. Like I uh, just got back from a health conference and I was on in a three hour different time zone and I was exhausted. So I did not sleep well for days and I was jet lagged. I like a dummy took a red eye. And um, so, you know, I, I can tell just like five days of this being off my schedule and not sleeping yeah. well. I mean, it is torture. And I can see that, you know, my cortisol is jacked up. Like I'm going to be on edge. If anybody says one thing to me in my house, I'm probably going <laughs> to like flip, you know. So all of that just to say sleep is so crucial to our stress management. I mean, everything comes back to stress management, food and lifestyle and mindfulness and meditation and all of that. Those are the keys for me. I found real food after my miscarriage. I had been trying to do all these diets. Like I'd been vegetarian. I'd been vegan. I thought those were the right things and they were not for my body. They made my stress management worse. They made my health really, really bad. And so when I found this real food community after my miscarriage within about a year, it's been five years now, um, my whole life suddenly shifted. Like all of a sudden I could see that um, I was really mentally imbalanced and I didn't I didn't even know what was going on, but because I cleared all that other junk out of my body that I could see, oh gosh, I've got to get some help for this. Like I need yeah. to, I need all of these other things to help balance this part of me. I mean, like I was undiagnosed bipolar. I had no idea. I had no idea that I'd suffered my entire adult life as a woman with very high functioning bipolar cyclothymia. I had no idea why every single month I was up and then down and then up and then down. So to, to see that I really did find these survival ways to get through mm-hmm. all of that is pretty huge. And I really love myself for that because I hated myself during all of that time. And, and, and you have yeah. to like appreciate it. You have to appreciate yeah. the pain. It was, you know, yeah. going back to something you said earlier about like, thank goodness I had this challenge, right. you know, because, right. and I'm so grateful because I'm on the other side, you know, a lot of people that are in the middle of, you know, hell storm, you know, hell life, whatever. Like I get it. Like I walk Mm -hmm. through that fire as well. And it is like when you're going through it, it is really hard to see any kind of silver lining. It is really hard to see like, why, how is this going to serve me? Like, why am I (laughs) suffering? Right. But like on the other side, it's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad because like when I look back on my chronic illness and all the shit Mm. that I went through so many years, like, horrible 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 in the time but I'm so glad because now I'm on the other side and I can go like hey I get it like my empathy is like off the charts because I get it I was there and so 
I can really help people come out the other side. And I mean, that's why I went into nutritional therapy and transformational life coaching. And I'm sure that that's what led you through, you know, your yes. work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because well, we, you want to be know. able to, I think when you, because you want to be able um, to, uh, what is the word? Um, you want to be I just able, want people to get out of it. Like right. I want to help you want, them short and you want to relate, the, you know, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So I'm still, yeah, you yeah. can tell I'm still jet lagged. <laughs> so I want to be able to relate. And that's why I share very, very deep personal parts of myself that a lot of people I know would have a hard time saying out loud. But I feel like I want to always be the voice for someone who hasn't found their voice yet. And I want to be able to share. What, uh, yeah. I want to be able to share what I've overcome because if I keep that stuff to myself, then I'm doing an injustice to people who are just so stuck in that part of themselves where they cannot find their peace. And I have found my peace. And, you know, I can tell you with all honesty today, I do not have symptoms of mental health illness. I do not have um, a lot of these symptoms that I have faced over those years. Those symptoms are absolutely gone. Did I work hard to overcome them? Absolutely. But was it worth every single moment of it? Oh my gosh. So, so much. And then some, I mean, so much you can't even describe. Yeah. It's like when we look at symptoms, I mean, what are those, right? That's our body communicating with us that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. So when we're not in that anymore, of course, we're not having those symptoms because our body's like, Hey, okay. You address me like, thank you. I no longer need to give you the headache or I no longer need to have this pain or I no longer need to have that, you know, mood swing or the recurrent thought or the addiction or whatever, because we're living in a different way that's more congruent. And I think it's so important, like you said, like showing all the parts because all of us are all the parts, you know, like nobody is that facade. Mm -hmm. And so I do see with the hustle and all this, because in my other life, like, you know, I'm an online business strategist. So it's like uh, in that community and the entrepreneur community and all this, it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, flow, flow, flow. (laughs) (laughs) Flow. How do people respond to that? (laughs) You know, um, I find that the younger entrepreneurs, you know, the, the young 20 somethings are like, not they haven't figured it out yet because they're still coming out of the academic culture of gold star they're still coming out of performance right they're still coming out of achievement and i'm top of the class and whatever so they do feel like hustle 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 and i really Mm -hmm. feel like it's um up until they have a breakdown Mm -hmm. (laughs) up until they can't sustain it anymore up until they boom hit motherhood or boom hit something else that it's like oh, crap, like, I can't do it all. Like, there has to come that awakening uh, unless you figure it out on your own beforehand, before you have the crash. Like, it takes a special person to course correct before there's a reason to course correct. Those people blow my mind. Like, I want to know all those people because, yeah, that is definitely... (laughs) It's amazing. Like, yeah, it's amazing because that is, you know, and that's something that I thought that I was figuring out when I was young because I started my entrepreneurial journey really young. Like I was Mm. 18 Mm. and owning a spa and like, you know, like, yeah. And like, it just, it always came really natural to me, but I had like a midlife crisis at like 20. Oh, right. Um, Yeah. 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 And like major burned out, major chronic illness hit like the biggest wall ever. And it's like, yeah, I, was successful in a spectacular way, but I was like crashing in a spectacular way too. Um, and so to come out of that and understand like, okay, doing the hustle and doing all this, mm-hmm. like doing the hustle, right? We're doing the hustle. But doing that is not healthy or sustainable yeah. and you're not serving you. You're not serving your family. You're not serving your business. You're not serving your clients. You're not serving your audience because that's not, sustainable it's not real like yeah you can make amazing things happen but at the expense of what and so I think being in the flow and showing up authentically and showing up you know like giving a lot of yourself still but replenishing yourself as well like being powerful in business and in your life and whatever like that comes from being in a state of flow like it is like I always talk to my clients about this, you know, my nutritional therapy clients, because so many people want to be healthy, right? They want to like make it happen. Like I'm going to 
force this health. I'm going to get rid of these symptoms. And I like totally get that motivation because you're sick to death of whatever is going on. But the secret is not forcing it. The secret is not making it happen. Exactly. The secret is allowing it to happen. We have to allow healing. We have to make space for healing. So it's the same thing in business building. It's like when you want to force and hustle, like that's aggressive. That's pushing. That's like if you flow and you allow and you're in the zone, that is when genius comes. That is when like movements happen. And that is when you can do that for a lifetime because you are filled up and that resonates. That energy resonates through everything that you do. And I, you know, to add on to that, um, you totally, you totally hit it. And we do not allow ourselves to be broken. Again, it's perfectionism. Like there's no, if I'm sick and this goes in, this goes in business, this goes in personal life, this goes in health, right? When we're broken, we want the fix immediately. We're like, fix it, just yep. fix it. And and so my <laughs> very long, long journey as, you know, coming from a, a let's say, very broken 10-year-old and carrying that through the rest of my adult life and carrying that on and passing it on to my children and all those things I did and, you know, having a broken marriage at a young age and feeling like a failure in just every way possible and leaving my career behind, all of that, I I used to, and not, not even that many years ago, would just struggle so much with, I'm broken. How do I fix it? How do I fix it? Like, do I go to the health food store with my mental health? It was like, I would take every supplement I could find that promised it would fix me. <laughs> and it always made me worse, you know, or yeah. every, I cannot tell you how much money I've spent on therapy. I think therapy's wonderful, but I, I, I always run to the thing. Just fix me, fix me. Um, and when I finally started, what I learned, it's outside know, of me. It is. And when it's I outside finally, of me. I got to find the answer out there. Somebody else me. Right. And I did find the answer and it's mindfulness. And you know why? Because a mindfulness allowed me to accept that I was broken. Mindfulness allowed me to learn that acceptance was the answer to all of my problems today. And just to really be able to, and everybody's so confused about acceptance. Everybody thinks acceptance like means I judge, you know, like it's a judgment, like it's a yes or a no. Or if somebody's behaving badly to me and I accept that they're behaving badly, it means that I'm saying that it's okay that they're behaving badly. And that is not what acceptance means at all acceptance says no it's got boundaries I mean you can't have acceptance without boundaries and it's like I you know today I am an acceptance that I am tired (laughs) like I see that uh, my my weekend work trip (laughs) exhausted me and um, I cannot do all of the things that I wish I could do today I have a lot of work on my plate and I just have to accept that it's not going to get done so that is managing my stress I mean you see the cycle and how it happens and I also have to make sure that I'm you know, working to eat the food that I know is going to make me feel better, not a bunch of junk, because that's what my body craves when my stress management is not working out so well. And so allowing yourself, like if you're emotionally broken, if you're physically broken, just uh, being broken, like just today, oh my gosh, I'm going to sit in that. I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to feel every single thing because the more and more we run and the more and more we stuff ourselves with that Snickers bar or that glass of wine or that person flirting with us or like whatever the thing that will let us avoid those yucky feelings inside of us um, for even if it's just, you know, one minute longer, the longer we continue to be in those cycles, the longer we will be broken. And so if you're in game and it should be is to not be broken, you have to do it in a healthy way. And right now honor the fact that you're broken and be okay with that and know that healing is coming. Once you accept it, once you really own it, once you look in the mirror and you go, okay, I'm, I'm broken and you name what it is healing. That's when healing begins. And it does not begin before that. No, because you have to see it. I mean, you have to see it. You can't keep running from it. You can't keep covering it up. You can't, you have to see it and you have to have the space. You have to build the space, allow the space to open up. Like there's a lot of spaciousness in healing. There's a lot of spaciousness in being, and there's a lot of grace because you really got to, like you said, accept that and be okay with that. And I mean, spoiler alert, we all have those days and we're all going to have those days. Like just because we've been in this field and got this figured out doesn't mean that we don't still have these days and fall into patterns. It's just, we get out faster. We know how to avoid them. Like I definitely know, like, like what you said, like if I'm going to go to a conference and I'm going to, you know, be high powered and on for three, four days, 
then I need to build into my schedule two to three days on the other side, like to come back. Yep. And that is the time that I need to nourish myself with the most healing of foods. That's when I need to curl up on the couch with a blanket and a Netflix binge. Yes, you know that exactly. That is the time. Because you're not running that self-care. That's when it's okay no. to binge watch TV because it's right. self-care and you're right. protecting your space and your time. And it's exact same. That's what I did. And it's funny because... You know, I, I slept like 11 hours last night. And so normally in the morning, my husband does morning duties. I do afternoon duties for kids, school, whatever. And so my husband, you know, nobody woke me up. Like nobody came to me. My family knows. I set a precedent. I said, here's my boundaries. I need to rest. And they all have been so, they miss me. They haven't seen me in like four or five days, but they know mom needs that one day to totally recover. And then she can be back to being like the mom we want her to be. And better right. and not resentful. Yeah. Instead of miserable right. for three weeks. Right. But they know, you know? Like, I need to go be part of my work. It's my job. Yeah. And um, I and, and since you brought up conference and I just got back from the Nutritional Therapy Association conference, I want to say this beautiful message that I'm seeing in our community is so many people talked about not being dogmatic. Um, so many of the presenters brought that up. And again, that just makes me so happy because I think a lot of us realize that we were on that perfectionist side and we all yes. were like, whoa, we fell off the cliff. We all yes. fell off the cliff when we practiced perfectionism. And so now uh, there was actually one woman who um, authored a, a book on like the fourth trimester. I can't remember the name of it. I don't have it right in front of me, but she's she's great. And she um, is an indie, I believe. And she wrote a book about, you know, healing your body after childbirth. And she said, we, we had a great conversation about it. And she said, yeah, in my practice, everybody knows that, uh, you know, the saying is dogma equals death. And I was like, yeah, because like Love literally, that. literally so that was my life. Dogma equaled, you know, near death for me. Right. And so I appreciate that we are all now, I think, you know, the voices of the world, like Brene Brown have, mm -hmm. you know, who is just my idol. Um, I know. I love her. And she's brought to, she's brought such a message and a conversation to us that we needed so badly, especially women to be able to say that we've got to let go of shame. We have to let go yes. of perfectionism and that we have to find that grace. And you said grace. And I was like, yes, because like, that's my word is grace. And I actually, for my 39th birthday, I went and got a tattoo that says guided by grace because oh, wow. I hated myself for so long. I used to beat myself with the bat all day, every single day. And when I learned grace, I learned to put the bat down and pick up the feather. And oh, it's made all that. the difference. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, every time I give a talk in public uh, about this perfectionism stuff, um, women come up crying to me after and they're in yeah. their pain and they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know what to do. And I know that pain because I remember sort of the exact day that I decided that I was going to love myself. Like I just made this proclamation. I couldn't even look in the mirror at myself and say, I love you. I was so disgusted by who I was. I had so much shame about my behavior and my past. Um, and when I made that decision, it was still a long road. It was still a lot of years of self-medicating with a lot of different things. But when I finally made the decision to stop self-medicating and feel that horrible pain, because it was like the worst pain of my it's life tough. to go through where basically for a month, I didn't want to get out of bed. But when I got to the other side of it, I just saw the light. I was like, wow, there's the sunshine. There's there. And, and ever since there's not been one day that I have felt the need to medicate my stress away in any way whatsoever. I am always willing to go to, to the, feel it. to go to the dark place. You know, right. one time I remember seeing an Oprah interview with Christopher Reeve's wife, Superman's wife. Mm -hmm. And it might've been right when he died or before he passed away. I don't remember, but she, you know, Oprah said like how, you know, since his horse accident and when he uh, became paralyzed and Oprah was like, so how do you, like, how do you go? I think this was before he passed away. Cause she said, how do you, how do you get by? How do you do this? Uh, Christopher Reeve's wife said, because we're always willing to go to the dark place together. We're always willing to go because we know we'll come back. And that was many, many years ago, but that has been, uh, my mantra in my life. I'm always willing to go to the dark place because I know I will come back. And I've been, I've been to the dark place. I laid in a hospital bed and I went to the dark place, you know, and I came back. So I have confidence now that I will. And I have confidence that for people out there listening who are afraid of the dark place, just go, just go. You will come back. Well, you have to shine a light on it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you have to yeah. look at it. You have to go in and shine. You know, I always, I always think of Sark, Sark's work. I don't know if you've seen any of her books. I'll put some so. on the 
Yeah, they're beautiful. They're really artistic and fun and colorful. But I'll put a link on the show notes for anybody listening. We always do um, links on the show notes at realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast, under episodes. Just click on this episode and you'll find links to everything we're talking about, the books and the people and the whatever. (laughs) We try to find that because we're all multitasking while we're listening a lot of times. Heck yeah. Driving. Uh, Please don't drive. Don't write things down if you're driving. (laughs) No, it'll all be on the show notes. Be safe. Uh, But yeah, she talks a lot about like shining the light on the dark places and like going there and just like allowing that space for healing and allowing the comfort and allowing the grace and just like really building that in because it's so hugely important and having that faith of, you know, I can go there and come back. Yeah. You know, is really big because so many of us feel like if we go there we're going to get stuck we're not going to be able to come back like it's it's too dark like it but when you resist it like it gets scarier and bigger and darker and so yeah Yeah. if you just will go and explore Mm -hmm. and you know and have you know go ahead and build your support system or whatever you need the books the people the you know therapist whatever you need to come back Right. Um, or have somebody the sounding board like, hey, I'm really in a dark place right now. You know, I need help. But it's so important to shine the light there because right. that's how it gets healed. And shame that's can't how- live in the light. Shame is mm-hmm. in the dark. And so, you know, when we start to learn how to express our shame and to bring it into the light, it just changes everything. It changes the entire dynamic. The things that still to this day make me feel awful when I'm in, you know, some chaos and stress and generally it's other people. It's because there are secrets there. There is shame and there are things that I am afraid will get out. What will people think? And, you know, I I have to say now to myself when those things happen, I have to go, no, 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 that's not who I am anymore. I am not worried about what people think. You know, I am worried about boundaries and I'm concerned about how to, uh, you know, it's, and like you said a, a little while ago, it's about scarcity, you know, it's fear. Yes. So right. even if it's not big, scary secrets from your past, it's like all this fear-based stuff of, oh my God, I'm going to lose something. So, you know, my right. trauma comes from abandonment. My trauma comes from fear of losing. And mm-hmm. so I obsess about those fears when I go to those dark places now, and I have to accept that I'm in them. Okay, well, what is the real fear here? And I have to do a lot of, a lot of work through it. And sometimes that's, that's self-talk. A lot of times it's going to other people because I get so caught up in my head that uh, there is this this thing that we say in the recovery community that your uh, mind is like a bad neighborhood. Don't go there alone. <laughs> and so it's and it's really true. Like we'll obsess, right? Does anybody ever wake up doing the Indy 500 at 3 a.m. in your head? You know, um, that doesn't happen to me anymore. It doesn't happen because I work. I make sure I work through stuff before I go to bed. Um, right. Because I because again, sleep is precious and. And I, I cannot afford to, to let my stress manage me any longer in that way. So, yeah, you do need support. Don't ever do it alone. Don't ever, whatever it takes to find that support of people. And whether that's a book yeah, or an online exactly. community or whatever, exactly. like it doesn't mean like somebody partner, has to sit right yeah. beside you. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Just make sure, pick up the phone, call a friend, you know, have trusted people in your life that you know you can reach out to and 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 hopefully you'll be there. And the other thing that I want to add is not to just, you know, harp on the struggle or whatever, but um I talked about gratitude early on. The other part of my life that's really important is being of service. So mm-hmm. that's how I found uh this real gift of peace in my life is when I'm struggling with something for me, I need to get the hell out of my head and I need to go help another person. And yep. whatever that looks like, whether it's realizing that I'm going to make sure I open the door for every single person today, or I'm going to make sure I smile at every ser- every single person, especially like I'm in a grocery store who's waiting on me. Like we, we get so caught up in our selfish lives and it's, it's fine. It's what we do. It's just the culture we live in that we forget to even like ask the person who's checking us out at Trader Joe's how they're doing. Um, And so I make that a real thing or really trying to just, you know, help someone in need and like not put it out there publicly, like not I'm not trying to be validated for that. Um, It is or just trying to be human. It's simply it's so simple as much as it's like, okay, my my child wants me to 
sit down and not be on Facebook and listen to what they tell me about their creative writing class today. And really right now, like I'm involved in this conversation online. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to listen to that. But then I stop what I'm doing. I give them my attention. And all of a sudden I feel magical. Like I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that you told me what you did. I'm so proud of you. You're so amazing. And And it's this whole other thing. It's like a connection. It's like so much deeper because it's funny because, you know, that's when you're, you know, you're online, right? And you're connecting and like building, networking, communicating. And then you've got this child right here that's like, hey, connect with me. Is is actually the person that you want to connect with the most, but you don't, but you don't want to stop what you're doing. And so, and you don't have to go to a homeless shelter and serve dinner. You can. I love doing those things too, but really it's, you know, good. Instead of calling someone to talk about yourself, to like sort of complain and gripe about you, call someone and ask them how they're doing. Call and and I'm telling you all of this because I'm a really self-centered person. I'm really, really selfish. I always have made my whole life about me. I have a giant ego. I have never known what humility is and um, being humble. And so those I've watched other people through my process of healing um, who I decided I used to want to be like egotistical people. I used to want to be important and famous and all of these things. When I was in radio, I hung out with a lot of rock stars and I wish that I was like them. And I wish I had their big lives. And it's crazy today. The life that I want is a really small life. The life that I want is really full of being humble and not living out of my ego. And I'm not, I'm not very good at it. It's a practice every single day with meditation. It gets better and better, but I want to live a life of gratitude and joy and peace. And, um, I have a friend, um, another friend in recovery who always says that my life got better when I started wanting what I have. And so that's the piece that I have today is I want every single thing that I have, even when it's hard stuff. And I have gratitude for every check that comes in the mail and, um, that's a totally different life, but that's what healing will bring you. It's so true. And, you know, I think I, I always talk with my clients about like having a life that's sized to them, like, yeah, you know, and this is yeah. another thing in the entrepreneurial community, you know, it's like, go big or go home, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I can't, yeah. I get it. Cause I was, I mean, I get what they're saying. Like, don't keep yourself small. Don't hide your light. Like, absolutely don't do that. But it doesn't mean, right, totally. But it doesn't mean that you have to build this big, huge business that like gets away from you and isn't what you want. Like, it's like, if you want to go big and you want a global brand and you want that influence and you want, you know, employees and all that, by all means, do it, love it, rock it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if you really want something that is just manageable and in a size for you and it makes you happy like do that and rock that because we need all of it we need small we need medium we need large we need extra large we need all of that space to exist because it all serves different purposes and it's like what do you really want because it really is what you want that's important yeah I mean I I've had to struggle with this because I've watched so many of my friends who've come into the the real food community and just like explode overnight, you know, and I'm still a lot of times like going, I just want to pay my car payment, you know, like I just want my mortgage to be paid and I just want to like be able to buy good, healthy food for my children. And so my, my place is like, well, that's where I'm at. And those are the choices that I've made. And so I'm really happy for my friends who have made it. But then there's a stress factor that comes with that. There's a stress factor that comes with, especially with women who have children and they're trying to be at all. They're trying to be the work from home mom and they're trying to, you know, help everybody else else out there. But yet they're sick. They're like getting sick. And I made a decision uh, uh, based on, I watched my friend Sarah Fergoso from Everyday Paleo. I watched her get really, really sick. And then I I watched her kind of take a break. And then when she came back, she said, I'm never going to do that again. Like I'm never going to, she empowered so many of us. And so I realized I was able to learn from watching her to go, you're right. And I, and I, and I did, I put myself through a lot of stress when I was going through NTA school. Um, I was still drinking then I was not sober yet. And, um, and I, and I was self-medicating a lot through a lot of my pain. So my healing, you know, was about to begin at that point to, right. to really get to this point that I'm at now where I will not self-medicate and I will not allow my stress to, um, to w- run the show. And so I think that's a, that's, 
that's why I have a hard line where I'm not willing to go be this great big financial success in that world because I know that there's a price to be paid for it. And that's just not a price that I'm willing to pay. And everybody has to figure out what works for their life and knowing that I cannot have it all. At, like you said earlier, I cannot have it all at the same time. It, at the it's just same not going to work for me. So if that it's means that work. my career gets to take off in 10 years um, in the way that I would love to see it take off, then then that's then that's excellent. Then that's fine. I've got plenty of time. But right now, you know, I'm still learning all the lessons. All the things are happening that need to happen. And if it takes off tomorrow, but I'm able to have healthy boundaries about it, then that's fine too. Like I, right now, I'm just enjoying my life. I'm enjoying that I that I get to work and meet so many people and um, put my message out there. And, you know, it's exhausting. The marketing side of it is exhausting. There's a lot in the, that people don't see online that goes behind just creating an entrepreneurial business, which you know very, very well. And Mm -hmm. some of us don't have like a knack for that. You know, I really just like to be the personality. Like I'm like, just let me talk. And then somebody else do all the work. (laughs) And then you do the rest. (laughs) Right. Everybody else. And you know, I'm not in a position in my life to like pay someone to do that. So it means I have to learn a lot about how to, how to do things um, for for myself. And I think that's important, uh, you know, as we keep talking about this holistic, like living, like it's a cycle. Um, it's, we have to be able to create all of that anywhere in our life to know what our boundaries right. are to know. I mean, as a mother, we can get caught up. And I mean, like I know I get caught up sometimes so codependent with my children. And I realize like, I've not done self care. I'm obsessing over my kids. Like, whoa, wait a minute, slow down. I just kind of get hit and go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have to take care of me first. I mean, it's a, uh, it's one of my daughter's psychologists said it like this. It's a wind chime effect. And so I think it's like that for anybody. If you're in a business, if you're in a marriage, a partnership, if you have children, um, if you have friendships, like it is a wind chime effect. It starts from the top and makes itself down. So if you're not whole and fulfilled, even if you think you're putting a good, healthy message out there to the world, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out that you're not, you're not really necessarily living what you tell people to live. And I don't want to be that person. You know, I've been, I've been that person and I don't want to be that person anymore. No, it's huge. And, you know, I talk a lot about the, the pendulum effect and, you know, this kind of goes with, <laughs> with what we yes. were talking about before, <laughs> with like people going to that dogma and then yeah. falling off the cliff. Yeah. It's like, I see it time and time again. And I don't care if we're talking about in nutritional therapy yeah. or if we're talking about an entrepreneur, like it's like you go all in all the way, you learn all this information and then you go real strict, real food. You can't have anything outside the boundary. You can't have anything, you know, everything is like really, really far or you've gone to that hustle place and you're building, 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 and like that's everything, right? And then yeah. it's like, yeah, you're boom, fall. you fall off the cliff, <laughs> the go the other direction, all the way back, right? You know, junk food starts <laughs> coming back in, yeah. or the the addictions start coming back in, oh or God, you know, yeah, that's yeah. when your business just like boom plateaus or stops yeah. growing, right? Because it's not a balance, and then the pendulum kind of comes back to the middle, and sometimes. You know, it swings all the way to the right and then all the way to the left and then a little more to the right and a little more. And then it comes to the middle. Like it just for different people, it goes at different times. And sometimes something knocks it off and you go back one way or the other, you know. So it's like it's all about writing that out. And I think for so many of us that have been through the swing, that's when we can talk to this place of, hey, there's a middle ground. There's a middle, you know, there's. Right. And that middle ground is the grace. That middle ground oh, is yeah, that I love balance. that. It is. And it's I and I hate that balance has become this like bad word. Everybody's like, well, there is no balance. And I'm like, actually, there is balance. It just doesn't look like you think it looks like. Like right. balance is acceptance to me. It's grace, like you're saying. Like that is balance is that gray. It's that thinking between the black and white. It's not. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, as a woman who struggles with mental health issues or did in the past, I mean, my life was all about black and white pendulum pendulum. I mean, it's what led me to have just such dangerous experiences throughout my life because of the extremism that now living in that gray zone and having the grace and having the balance. You know, when I created Primal Balance five years ago, it was because I had no, I had no balance. I had no idea what it meant. I wanted to find it. So I thought if I could write about my journey and my experiences that maybe, just maybe, I would understand what balance looked like. And five years later, I absolutely know what it looks like. Um, and I'm so grateful for it because the way that I do it is I connect the healthy, empowering things from our primal ancestors. And I put those into my modern day crazy mayhem life. 
And that's <laughs> how I found Primal Balance. That is what Primal yeah. Balance is for me. It's knowing that we have to be human first and foremost. Like we have to just, hum- like when you said momming early is a verb, I think, I think human is a verb too. It's one that we've yeah. gotten away from. Like we don't know how yeah. to human. And so I find these little itty bitty principles in my life every day that make me feel human and really connected to the deepest part of my hunter-gatherer DNA genetics. <laughs> um, and those are what help me find that balance. And, you know, just like, like the, we're just a blip on the radar. Like, that's the yep. truth of it. We make our lives so complicated and so hard. <laughs> and we struggle, struggle, struggle. And we work, work, work. And we're just a little itty-bitty blip. So it simplifies And yet we're you. everything at the same time. Like, yeah. it's so cool because that's what really, that always blows my mind. And like when I'm in a, a situation where I need perspective, like I will look at that or think about that whole like, okay, like we are this person in this place. Okay. Yeah. In this state, in this, you know, country and on this continent, in this <laughs> yeah. world, in this universe, in this, you know, in this multiverse and this, you know, and it just goes out and out and out. And it's like if you look at pictures of like from the Hubble, right. And you're like, okay, where's my dot. (laughs) And then where's my dot on that. Right. And then it's like, but we are so much in and of ourselves. Like we are such an embodiment of consciousness and like, we are so important, like in and of ourselves, but we are this little speck too. And it's, that's mind blowing. And it really (laughs) gives you perspective on your, your problems and your struggles and the arc of your life, the timeline of your life, because so many people get in it and think like, what's going on right now is my life. And it's this and it's that. And it's like, Nope, that's what's going on this hour of this day of this, you know, time of your life. Yeah. And it's not the whole life. Yeah. And we have that stress and that drama that fuels us. It's like, just remember that is not permanent. Like that's that whole stress management thing again. You know, when we're, if you remember what you're saying, like we are this blip, but we are everything. Like just also remembering that this is a moment in my life right now. Look at my big long life. And this is a moment that I'm having and it will, it will pass. You can change it and it will pass. It's going to pass tomorrow or next week or next year. You're not going to probably remember this moment in the way that it's fueling your emotions right now. Right now. Yeah. It's huge. And that is, it's all about that perspective. It's all about that. And knowing that like, you know, you can wake up tomorrow and make a different decision. Like I've talked to so many people and worked with so many clients that it really was like a, a, a switch being flipped. Like they woke up and said, that's it. Oh yeah. Like I'm not going, yeah, Yeah. me too. I totally went through that. And, um, I just did an amazing call with somebody that she was, um, I'll put a link on the show notes, but she was, you know, entering into menopause. She, you know, had this, all this illness and things were not going well. She had children that were sick. She was spending all the time at the doctors and she even was told she was going to go into a wheelchair. So she bought a house that had wheelchair ramps and everything. And then she woke up and she was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I love this that. This is not my life. This is not what I'm creating. And that woman, oh my God, like the way that she has flipped the script is oh, insane. I like, love that. She now acts and dances. She like ran a candy oh company. She's like, I mean, she totally like healed her body. Yeah. And I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. It is. And so yep. to see what you can do, like mm-hmm. possibilities are endless. Like we are you know, we are creating our reality. So to be able to create a new one is like pretty amazing. Like you, know, you have the power to do that. People are always, I think that people I know, especially people that have grown up with me or know me, they think I'm so strong. They think they're, but you're Kendall, you're so strong. You're strong and I'm not. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not any stronger than you. I'm not any stronger than any other person on this planet. I have just made choices. I have made choices about who I want to be and what I want. And I do have a drive to always uh, grow. Like I would say since I was very young, I just always wanted to grow. So, you know, that, so maybe that was a natural part of me and maybe it goes back to something, you know, with the genetics that I was created with, but everybody has that ability to make their choice to continue to grow. And when you decide that you want to keep growing, wow. I mean, there's no turning back, you know, like you said, with this 
It's yeah. back to allowing and opening up. Like, I want to grow. I want to change. Like, that's when new experiences come in. That's when teachers come into you, you know. And by teachers, I may mean a hard situation. I may mean a support group. I mean, yeah. you know, you never yeah. know what that oh, is. Gosh. It just shows up. It always, doesn't it? it? Doesn't it just show <laughs> up? And then all of a sudden, it all shows up at once. And even if you're resistant, like, when it all shows up, you're like, crap. Like, right now? Really, world? Really? This is what you want from me right now? <laughs> Thanks, universe. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does. It's like, I find that um, I will go into a deep place of sadness and disappointment and I will be willing to be there. I will be willing to feel that. And then all of a sudden, the very thing that I'm struggling the most with, the very thing that I am being willing to feel, then all of a sudden the answer is there and it's there times 100. And I'm Mm -hmm. like so grateful that I allowed myself to feel, but I'm also really grateful that I'm willing, yeah, that I allow myself to be willing to move into the solution. Yeah, it's about being open and fluid. It's so, I mean, that is it, guys. If there is a secret is being open, allowing, being fluid, going into flow, like that is the whole thing. Because when you close yourself off and you draw those rigid boundaries of, I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to feel the symptom. I'm going to self-medicate. I'm going to whatever. It's like, that's when that hits you like a tidal wave. Yeah. Again, when you accept it, when you allow, when you allow whatever the energy that the universe is sending your way or whatever you believe in or don't believe in, like when you allow the openness of just saying, okay, I'm seeing things for what they are right now when you allow it in all of a sudden like the light just shines and you are you're you feel re-energized and you're like okay i got this and that is life it is an ebb and flow you know we have to be like bruce lee uh be like water so So you know i'm like i have that tattooed on me to remember me all the time to be like water because i was a big old like firestorm forever i was the hurricane the tornado like not a good water (laughs) like i was the I just did damage and chaos everywhere I went. And now if I don't get, hop on that pendulum and I just go with the flow, um, you know, like you said earlier, flow, flow, flow. Like when I live in that, man, life is just so friggin' much easier than the fighting that I did for 30 something years. Yes. And that, that doesn't mean that everything is free flowing and that, and that everything's easy. It means that, and this is again, when I talk about, health with my clients. Everybody wants to be healthy. They want to live in the town of healthy and ta-da, we're here and we've reached the destination and that's it. And it's like, nope, health is resilience. And that's the same thing with, with flow. It's like going over the rocks, over the bumps, over the things like, and bouncing back, you know, sometimes it's really smooth sailing and really calm, still waters. And sometimes it's a torrent, but you're still moving through it. And it's like with health, like as these things come up, you're able to deal with the cold that comes around, the flu that comes around. Like half yes. the time, you're not going to catch it anyway. Yeah. But if yeah. you do, you're going to overcome it faster. It doesn't mean you're healthy, you're bulletproof, like you're going to live forever. Like, no, nobody's getting out of here alive. But <laughs> we can go a lot easier and we can have a lot more health in our years and a lot more enjoyment in our life if we will just like have that health built in, that resilience built in. Resilience is really the key. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we could talk forever. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. So fun. That's great. I love it. I love it. Um, It's huge. And, you know, I think it it takes one to know one. And, it, you know, we've totally been in many different levels, you know, and we have experienced many different things. And it's like I know that our heart is to do the work that we do and be of service to come and help other people get there faster, get there easier and grow themselves, you know, move on. Um, Because like when I came out of my illness, it was like, if there's anything I can do to keep other people from going through this, that would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And And it would all be worth it. And I think everybody does have to go to the point that they have to go to. But I've certainly learned things for myself from other people going through it that I've said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what they say because I don't want to go through that, you know. And so I do. I think that that's uh, absolutely so true that I I just want to empower people to be responsible for their mental health, their physical health, their you know, just well-being in general and whatever that looks like. There's no dogma attached. You don't have to do anything that I say. Just whatever it takes for you to to find your path and find peace and, you know, and drop the shame. I mean, that's always yeah. like my number one message. Just drop the shame. It, it serves no purpose. It's a lie. It really, shame is a lie. It is just a big old lie in your head. 
So because well, we're all there. We've all been there. Absolutely. We all have things that we, yeah. And it's like, we always feel so alone in it, but yet yeah. we're also connected and we've all gone through the same experience in some way. Yeah. It's always the worst. Like we think we're right. so dirty. We think we're so wrong and bad and everybody's yeah. judging us. And it's like, no, oh my gosh, no, not in the slightest, you know? I love it. Well, thank you, Kendall, for being here today. Thank you so much for all of this wonderful insight. And again, everything will be on the show notes. So realfoodwholehealth.com. Click on podcasts, click on episodes, and go to this day's episode, and you will find all the links. Kendall, thanks so much, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Oh, I loved it. Such a great conversation, Amy. Thank you. All right, sweetie. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.